Hey, Real Nerds. There's many ways to enjoy the Real Nerds podcast. You can listen to us on Stitcher, iTunes, and now Spotify and iHeartRadio. You can see what we're up to around town by following us at Real Nerds on Instagram. And if you want to send us your thoughts, you can email us at realnerds at gmail.com or call us at 720-6NERDS5. Like us on Facebook at Real Nerds Podcast or tweet us at Real Nerds. And now on with the show. Camera, action! Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd can talk through film. I'm sorry, take it outside. Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd will come out of the gods. Let's action! Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of all your movie needs. Every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we saw Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Stay tuned very soon because we will tell you if you see the film or not, play the trailer and then spoil it. And we also talk about the big movie news. And one thing we'd recommend this week, Brad, how are you today? I'm recovering. <laughs> yeah, I imagine so. Yeah, I uh, um, spent another four yeah. days making another film. Yeah, that was uh, going to be my movie news this week is um, we'll just get right into it. Um, you took part in uh, another 48-hour film project because you're crazy. Yep, I got nothing else going on in my life, so why not? <laughs> so, this is the four points one. What? So, what's the difference between this one and the no- one you normally do, Brad? Uh, it's a worldwide competition, so it's open to not just the Denver area. So, I'm competing against like 80 other teams, and uh, wow. you get 77 hours to make it, whereas the Denver one you only get 48. So, and you you get like random uh, genres, and you have to say a certain word in prop or something. Yep, same uh, same criteria. You get assigned a genre. Uh, you get two. You get to pick one or the other uh, that works best for you. And then yeah, you get a character with an occupation that you use, and then a line of dialogue and a prop. And uh, I added the extra challenge of I teamed up with another team this year in the in the Mountain Time Zone. And uh, we decided to share the same character across both our movies. So, oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, we we have the same character anyway, but the same actor playing that character. So uh, what genre did you pick? What's the line and what's the prop? So this year we chose sci-fi over a period piece. And uh, it's the second time we've done sci-fi in one of these. And then uh, the character is Janet Parker, a horticulturalist that... Uh, the movie includes a bike somewhere, and the line of dialogue is, uh, let's find a good location. Okay, so I can say that you sent me a screener of that. I sound like I'm part of the press. I'm so special. <laughs> and I can you, confirm. Interviewing, interviewing a filmmaker. <laughs> yes, I can confirm that all of those elements are in the film. So, so is Jamie the one who is in both things? Yeah. Man, Good for her. <laughs> Fuck. 
Yeah, it's quite it's quite the extra challenge. Yeah, but it's funny that statement just feels like that it's your birthday. Like you did the things you were required to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's my take from the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, tell us a basic premise of it, Brad. What did you go with, and what's the story behind it? Yeah, uh, we. Uh, it's called Harvester, and it is about a woman who experiences a tragedy and can't let go of it and turns to her hobby to make things better, I guess, as much as I can say without spoiling the reveal. Yeah. Um, so I have to say, watching it, um, it reminds me of an Astron 6 film um, <laughs> with the colors. And I mean, it's not as um, silly as those ones, but like the music and the graphics and kind of the uh, over, I don't know the right word, but, you know, everything's noticeable, like the greens and the reds are kind of um, exaggerated, I guess. Uh, yeah, uh, my, my inspiration for the overall aesthetic was yeah, to do like a 80s sci-fi throwback and uh, yeah, all those things contribute to that. So um, I got a, a big Father's Day vibe from it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like uh, going into the writing session, uh, my initial push was to make a, a sci-fi movie where the plants come alive. Um, but that wasn't as popular as what we decided on. So, you know, we... I, I've noticed, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but this is my show. Um, I noticed, uh, that your last few things have been a lot more serious than your previous stuff. Is that on purpose? Uh, sort of, uh, like stalker was serious just because, uh, you know, we usually do comedy and for stalker, we had so few people on the team. Uh, we said like, Hey, you know, let's, throw all our preconceived expectations out the window and just, you know, do something different. Um, let's, let's shoot for, just for seriousness for once. And people seem to enjoy stalker a lot. Um, so we, th- we started to joke around like, Hey, you know, maybe the Denver competition is the comedy one and the four points one is the serious one. Mm. And so, um, yeah, we decided to shoot for seriousness again. Uh, not enti- I don't I, I wouldn't say it's entirely successful as the serious film <laughs> again, but it's definitely uh you know humor is not the the goal for this one. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I won't spoil it, but I will say, Brad, you have a lot of uh, interesting camera movements in this one, and um, I can see that you're becoming a little more assertive as a filmmaker. Uh, thanks. Yeah, as a you know, I'm trying to yeah. Uh, be a little more ambitious with the filmmaking but let me tell you compared to past uh competitions like this uh it only made more problems for us so more specifically me i i really dropped the ball this year uh uh it was a bit of like every little stupid thing that could go wrong did um you know we still got it on time and completed and uh uh people seem to like it but uh yeah you had to be there just to watch how every stupid thing like uh like there's one character and this won't be on the final version but uh whose dialogue is really not like the quality audio quality is not there and we had the chance to fix it and we did and we still screwed it up so Mm. um and there was just like a lot of poor planning on my part and direction um so you know we we took up way more time than we should have on a lot of different things the camera connections kept failing so there was always this 
dread of like, are we even recording this properly? So, yeah, really sloppy filmmaking this time around. Um, and then the 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 writing part, you know, I was so excited about the team up crossover, but other people were like, so we're just gonna do this extra thing because we're gonna insert someone else's team into our movie for like a scene. Like, what's <laughs> why are we like adding that difficulty to it? And I'm just like, just because it's a bucket list thing that I just want to, you know, want to do before I check out of here. And they're like, okay. <laughs> and they're right. It's probably, you know, it, it was cool for our teams to cross over and them being all uh, for it. But probably in hindsight, it, yeah, it really did trip up a lot of things. So mm-hmm. I probably should have uh, just combined the writing rooms together and made a fully cohesive project. But it's all right. I, I enjoyed it. I take it from your uh, your uh, response to it. It's 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 a confusing movie. Uh no, I think it's self explanatory. Um, it's hard to uh, <laughs> you don't want to review the the problem with these uh, bread is I don't want to spoil it before people see it. Yeah, and when you only have seven minutes to tell a story or six minutes thirty seconds. It's hard for me to get into the minutia of it. Um, no, I was excited to promote it online, but like probably the coolest part is the t- like the reveal at the end, and I can't share any of that. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'll say. Um, but I, I, you can't really. Yep, your graphics are cool though. <laughs> <laughs> My Stranger Things inspired graphics, yeah. Yep, and, and I like the music a lot. Yeah, that was another like that was another thing is like I have this stock account to uh, grab stock music and uh, sound effects, and I I signed up for it the day before the weekend, uh, like re-signed up uh, my subscription, and didn't really read the boxes. They they've changed the subscription since mm. I last, which you know was like July is the last time I used it. And uh, so the unlimited downloads is in the higher tier. And then mm-hmm. I tried to like upgrade to the tier and like they wouldn't process the transaction all weekend. So I had to create a new account and then buy the newer tier. And so I like overpaid for everything. And yeah, it's just like, damn, up until like late Sunday now, it's like, am I even going to have music and sound effects for this? Like what's going on? Hmm. And my solution was just to overpay. <laughs> <laughs> well, all films go over budget. So <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, are you going to do uh, another one, Brad? Not if I I can't get my shit together. That's for sure. <laughs> it's it's just it's such a bummer. Like you to, need an assistant director. Yeah, or just like to do less stuff. You know, I just um, directing and s- editing and cinematography and, and writing. It's just like I, I uh, you know, again, we had less people than we usually do for the Denver one. Again, you know, we had eight people, so it was twice as many as last year's four points, but still it's just a lot of those people were just actors. Um, you know, we, we just need more crew. And uh, yeah, if you let me know farther enough in advance, I mean, I'm always down to write. I mean, I'm not, um, and I'd have to do a suede nim. I mean, I couldn't, <laughs> <Didn't him? laughs> I'm, always, I'm always down. Um, you know? Yeah. Well, the next one's, you know, the, the Denver one's July, August every year. So plan on that cool because you know i i want brad um i'm tired of this serious shit okay <laughs> you want uh, me to do comedies again um i want i want <laughs> i really think that you would really excel at, uh, i'm not 
joking at an Astron 6 style kind of movie um, where it's just totally stupid, totally over the top, and you can take the stuff you love with a comedy and blend it all together. I, like, I, was... I want to see like heads explode and shit. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we definitely need a makeup effects department. So yeah. Get, or you just make them look for super, me. Or you make them look super cheap because um, it's funnier that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, even just like going out to Michael's or something and getting like a styrofoam head that you put a wig on and like painting up to look like a face still takes a ton of time out of your weekend. So <laughs> yeah, well, unless you have a department dedicated to solely that. So, you know, right now I'm kind of like, I have my fingers and everything, but you know, if, if you assemble that team, uh, I'll put it in the movie. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I know you, Brad, I know you. <laughs> so Get someone who has like a, a air pressurizer that, that can explode the styrofoam head. Yeah. <laughs> Get on that. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, yeah. I, well, I you can at, prepare all this stuff beforehand. You just have to write the script around the stuff. Tom Cruise does it all the time for Mission Impossible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, if he had the criteria ahead of time, sure. But yeah, definitely holding back all that required stuff. Yeah, you can't do can't do a lot of stuff ahead of, of the time. And um, yeah, sure. Like, overall, you can, like just, okay, so you have a head exploding. You can still make that a period piece. You can still make that a comedy. <laughs> You can make that sci-fi. You make it a love story. Dude, there's so many things. So, I mean, okay, so here's a question. So let's say you get love, like, romance or rom-com. Mm-hmm. Does it have to be only that genre, or can you blend the genres? Oh, I mean, we could have com- combined the both the ones we got, but... Um, I mean, but I mean, let's time... say you get a, a no, rom-com, I... and it's like Shaun of the Dead. Would that disqualify you? Oh, no, not at all. It's, it's, it's open to interpretation, like, uh-huh. um, like sci-fi... You know, we got sci-fi, but we added horror elements to ours, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, like Alien is a sci-fi horror movie. Yeah. I'm just you know? curious. I didn't know if they were that strict about it. Uh, I, again, I don't know. Like, the judges aren't the same people all the time. So it really mm-hmm. comes down to what, you know, their interpretation is. And you can't really plan for that. So that's why I'm, like, not strict about the genres myself. I'm just like... Gotcha. We got sci-fi, but, you know... This is what we have to work with, so let's add some horror elements. Well, you have sci-fi yeah. elements. I mean, I God, it's so hard to talk about. There's moments in it that deal with science fiction for sure. Yeah, I mean, right, right, it's not a spoiler. Like the first minute of the movie shows she has a secret serum. So, yeah, it reminds me of uh, Reanimator. Yeah, like the serum from Reanimator. So there's that. But like I said, my my first impulse was to do like a little shop of horrors <laughs> without the musical, and uh, that, that'd be people, awesome. People didn't go for it. So, well, Brad, that's why you need someone in the room like me. And I'd be like, yes, <laughs> someone who is a yes man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just agrees with everything I say. Fucking a. That's what I do. Yeah. And I'll, no. say stuff, I'll say stuff like this. Okay. Show of hands. Who else is the director, cinematographer and editor in here? Oh, nobody. <laughs> so I guess we're doing what he says. <laughs> no, like, okay, well, where else are you going to get people acting your film? Like, uh, I guess it's just Ryan now. Yeah. Tour de Force wait, solo wait, performance. Wait, Brad, you let the actors dictate to you what the material is? Rookie my, mistake. In my production, we're all collaborators. So Yay! okay, <laughs> sure. Uh, no, but, that's what I mean, Brad. If you come in there more like an iron fist and saying, "This is what we're doing. This is what I expect from you." The dictatorship. Then, yeah. Yeah. I guess we can go with traditional Hollywood. Sure. Yeah. 
Because when you get everyone wants a little piece, they all want to look good. Dude, if I was in your movie, all I want is like my head ripped off. Um, you know, I just want the little things in life. <laughs> I, I would love to do more special effects, but like I said, it's just it's those little things. It's just time consuming just to do a conversation scene, you know, in 40 hours. Oh, yeah, so. no, I, I know. I'm just teasing you, but like, uh, <laughs> it'd be awesome if we could do, yeah, gore effects or, yeah, really like sci fi green screen stuff. I was watching some team did their period piece by just uh, shooting all their backgrounds as like their, you know, 70 inch TV mm-hmm. um, with like Unreal Engine graphics on it. It's like, eh, that's pretty clever. Yeah. I mean, it's essentially like, the Mandalorian or the Batman, how they use the, instead of a green screen, they use the LED circular backdrop and just project all their backgrounds on it. Yeah, that's cool. It'll make you indie version of that. So yeah. Nice. Well, good luck. When does it actually screen? I don't know yet. Uh, They have like 80 teams to separate into groups. And um, I think it's probably the end of the month that they'll figure that out. And do you screen online because obviously you can't get people around the world together. Yeah, that's a uh, through eventive.com. They'll have a uh, links to the different screening groups. And I think there's different, like a weird different thing is they're going to have different rounds of audience choice voting. So, you know, I'll need all my friends to do it probably twice if we're successful. I'll do it. So I'll, I'll send out a link and people have to jump on for one week and vote for us and then if we succeed we'll have to do another one shortly after and um we are going to have like our own private screening party at the bug so if you want to come watch the sound design and its best experience then stay tuned very cool well brad congrats i'm glad you got it done another one in the can thanks it's the 14th or 15th (laughs) Nice. <laughs> Stay tuned for the Four Points Film Festival and vo- vote for Harvester. Even if you don't like it, you better vote for it. Just <laughs> Ryan's going to come to your house. Yeah. He's going to take you to jail. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I went down a, a rabbit hole a couple days ago. I was <laughs> just I was just up late and I couldn't sleep and I, I went back and I watched all our pod shows on YouTube so we got views. And nice. Yeah, they're fun. I know. I missed that. That was yeah. a good time. Yeah, I'm kind of a douchebag in them, but it's funny. <laughs> um, uh, did you see we got a like our copyright uh, problems expunged for that for our podcast on YouTube? Oh, huh. I didn't even notice. I guess we got flagged for you know because we have trailers in our film explosions, but apparently, yeah. um, I challenged and they came back and they said like you're good. Yep, you're fine. Yeah. Well, yeah, because trailers are for public consumption, anyways. Yeah, that's. I agree, but you know, but, the studios got to assert their power over everybody. I guess. I know, but like, even you think about it, we do a podcast about a movie that comes out. We literally give them free publicity. Yeah, word of mouth—the best advertising yeah. there is. Agreed. This week on Real Nerds, we journeyed to Wakanda. For Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. It's always weird to say, do you recommend this film because it's the 29th film in the MCU, 30th film? I can't remember. Um, but Brad, do you recommend Black Panther, Wakanda Forever? Yeah, recommending a Marvel film, I mean, like, 
they're so interconnected uh that you know like why would you pick and choose <laughs> like it, yeah. it's kind of essential to follow the story so you're kind of uh like what is it guaranteed to have to need to see it so yeah. but uh yeah this one i it was a uh, it was an emotional it was a good emotional tribute to Chadwick Boseman and T'Challa as a character but like I said on Letterboxd, I, I would say the surrounding story, the plot, it was underwhelming just because it's almost identical to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness without the multiverse. Um, so, yeah, in that aspect, I was kind of like not impressed. But as far as honoring, you know, the deceased, I, I it was emotional and it's high quality filmmaking. People are acting well in it. Um, but just a plot to further the MCU. I was just completely disinterested. I I agree with everything you said. I think I liked it a little more than you did. You know, honestly, I the only thing that interconnected the MCU was uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus's character. Because mm-hmm. um, the rest of it, I think it probably could have stood on its own. Um, I think uh, the guy who plays Namor is really good. Mm-hmm. I like Namor's story. Um. And I think he's actually a really compelling villain. And uh, he has this charm to him that I think is relatable. But yeah, I I did like drop a couple tears, just random parts in the movie whenever Chadwick Boseman was mentioned or, um, you know, uh, even I saw it at Alamo and they played that one. They played the PSA before the original Black Panther where he just stares at you yeah and they know it's it's freaking brilliant and then that after that it says we're still watching you uh our king and then it says chadwick boseman i'm like oh man that actually got me um but yeah uh i I thought the movie was really well done um yeah it's a well-made film and yeah i think he i think namor is a cooler version of aquaman (laughs) Here's a trailer for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Only the most broken people. His people did not call him General or King. They called him Kukul Khan, the Feather Serpent God, killing him will risk eternal war. He's coming. For the surface world. We know what you whisper. They have lost the protection.
I mean, hopefully this trailer doesn't have the Rihanna song in it, because then we're definitely going to get flagged <laughs> by YouTube. Noted. Uh, I'll find a different one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah uh, the story takes place over a couple years, actually, uh, where it opens with mirrors real life, where you find out T'Challa has some unknown illness, and they're trying to save him, and they can't. And, uh, you know, my first... <laughs> tears i cried in the movie is the marvel studios logo it was just chadwick boseman that was cool and like oh yeah it was an awesome tribute and it's just everything that he did and um i will say that maybe that's the thing i miss in um the sequel is his presence because as soon as he came on the screen in civil war he's the character that you got behind do you know what i mean and he just exuded confidence and being cool and being regal and um i th- i think that was the point of the film too is you should feel that emptiness that mm-hmm. he's not there um but then without him the movie focuses on like a lot of different people rather mm-hmm. than like a hero's journey even though i would say there is a hero's journey for shuri but i'd say like half the movie really doesn't dive into that like it almost feels like no, an afterthought i don't disagree i think um you're right. I think they're approaching it in a way that he's gone. And it, I, I mean, this is how I read it is that the people of Wakanda and also the people in the world seem kind of lost without T'Challa mm-hmm. and they don't have that beacon where, uh, Ramonda, like his, his mother, like, she's awesome. I think Angela Bassett's really great in this film. Yeah. I thought actually the, the first half, like this was going to be actually like, she was the protagonist of the story. Yeah. Um, so, and you know, it, I think the the tone was on purpose and the aimlessness, but I mean, it's it, the movie moves. I mean, it's a long movie, but I, I didn't feel like it dragged at all. Um, and I, you know, the introduction of Namor and, um, the, the story behind his name, I thought was really cool. Um, how they, instead of just making him like a, you know, an Atlantean guy who swims underwater and has winged feet, uh, tying him to Central America and Mayan culture, I think gave him really cool, like, designs, and it made the world look really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree. Just richer, you know what I mean? It's not just some goofy dude with pointy ears. Um, but at the same time, because... The, the like the biggest thing I didn't like about the movie was the fact that his whole motivation is like he wants to kill one teen scientist so that he can not get the secret of his existence out. But I'm just like, dude, what happened to you during the snap? Like, you didn't mm. freak out and go on a rampage. Uh, like, you want to like target one kid scientist? Like, can't you just talk this out and you know pro- you could probably get her to silence herself? Or like, she doesn't seem that invested in uh, continuing with these people. But he's like gung-ho on sentencing uh half of his you know military to death in like some just like un like poorly yeah, motivated I war that's more of his character though you know in uh, i'm not the biggest namor like fan but uh, the stuff i've read of him 
and what I know of him is he's very, um, he'll do anything to protect his people and he'll go to any lengths to do it. Um, and he'll kill anybody that gets in his way. He was, he was, he actually was a villain for a long time. He used to fight the fantastic four, which if you go to Alamo, there is a great interview with, uh, I can't remember his name, but he's the writer for the comics now. And it's a really cool interview. Um, but I thought the most but interesting yeah. plot plot line was the fact that, you know, they made America trying to like undermine Wakanda so they could yeah. be the dominant power in the world. Um, yeah, you can like actually that, like that was the more interesting plot line to me. And I wish they leaned more into that. Yeah, you can see where they're going, because this is the last film of the phase four. You can see where they're pushing it. Um with Valentina. She's you know they're going to make Thunderbolts, which is a supervillain team. And it seems like it's kind of come to a head where she's going to push this narrative of Wakanda being, you know, dangerous. not good, yeah. dangerous, and being blamed for what the people of, uh, I can't even remember their names, uh, Namor's citizens. Uh, fuck. Something with a K. Um, oh, Cal, Calo. Calicans or something? Yeah. Gosh. Um, anyways, so it's an interesting how she's manipulating everybody. And I, I see I really love Julia Louis Dreyfus. I think she's an awesome actress. And I think this um I I, I think this character really fits her well, where she's kind of conniving and smart and um, plays everybody in the room, you know, mm. and uh, I think it's setting up something. This is the uh, first, really, the first movie in the fourth phase that I felt like, oh, they're pushing something forward. They're pushing the narrative forward. Um, where the other one seems like everyone was just still dealing with the ramifications of the snap, and um, you know, I mean, I still think. I mean, Spider-Man No Way Home to me is my favorite Spider-Man movie. So my favorite Spider-Man movie is in Phase 4. But a lot of the Phase 4 seemed like it was more of just world building and not really having the driving force of the Thanos or building towards the Avengers. Yeah, it just felt kind of aimless. That's, that's the thing, too, is like, you know... That's, Presumably, when the snap happened, Namor's sitting around. He either disappeared himself or like half his population was decimated. And so I'm just surprised he didn't like immediately go on a rampage then um, and expose his, you know, secret culture to the world. But now that, mm. um, you know, America's yeah. tapping on the surface of the ocean for vibranium, he's just like, oh, now I'm motivated. Who's doing it? Yeah. One girl. I'm going to get that girl and I'm going to just like send everybody after her and I'm going to drag Wakanda into it. I was just like, dude, like <laughs> maybe think this plan out a little more. Like, I don't know. Uh, and then like, because Shuri, you know, I, I did not expect uh, like her to become the black Panther. Like the last half of the movie kind of feels like it pivots into being, Oh yeah. We meant to make sure you're the black Panther this whole time, but given mm. her reluctance to, follow like the societal norms of Wakanda I expected her to share the newly developed herb with like 
M'Baku and or a Koye or something, or Koye, yeah. and just like have a bunch of Black Panthers running around. Because like, wouldn't that be easier to defeat Namor if like not just her had that power? If you can give it to anyone now, like yeah. they don't care about you know traditions. But so I was like, oh, that seems like a miscalculation on her part. Hmm. So yeah, I I I'll have to. <laughs> I don't know if there can only be one Black Panther at a time. I mean, I guess there. Because isn't in the first one when Killmonger becomes Black Panther, um, T'Challa becomes weakened? Or am I misremembering it? Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while. I think. Yeah, I don't think I think he was just out. He was yeah, he was just like unconscious, and he had to be nursed back to health. But okay, I mean, technically, I guess they both had the power within them at the same time. Yeah, and I, you know, Killmonger showing back up is a really cool scene. I, I thought that scene was really. Yeah, I, with that, drama that might have been the coolest twist but i don't think it like amounted to much because uh shuri kind of rejected it but i thought it'd been cooler if uh it, like it, it had more implications like she embraced it i agree yeah it, like she oh decided... shit like, like maybe she's not worthy but she is the black panther right now yeah, yeah. that was an interesting thing that i think i don't know maybe it'll play out after Quantumania, but um yeah, yeah. That, you know speaking of which that trailer before looks amazing on the big screen oh yeah when totally I, when i watched it on my ipad i'm like oh this looks cool but seeing it on the big screen i'm like holy shit um it was really impressive yeah i can't wait to see like you know kang looks like a formidable like a quietly formidable uh, adversary you know and we don't have to wait that long it comes out in february i think i know it's like they have a Every three months, you can get something new from Marvel. Yeah, even when they even when they reshuffle the deck, it seems like <laughs> they still got something going on. Because I mean, there's rumors going around that Tom Holland resigned like another trilogy. Yeah. So that'd be sweet. But yeah, um, yeah, that's about what Black Panther is. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's about about loss and then um in the mid credit scene there's people really crying in our theater it's like wow all right i know i'm still like in my theater people are still leaving as soon as the credits roll like, <laughs> 21 films like you're gonna you're gonna miss this sweet and and rather clever way to bring t'challa back into the fold as the black panther yeah yeah and it was like that was actually a pretty cute little scene too you know a lot of the mid credit scenes have really big implications but that was like a really nice kind of quiet um you know live on t'challa that we didn't know about yeah um uh, and then the other big surprise no after credit scene so yeah kind of disappointed that it didn't dovetail into quantum mania or something yep i, I mean i guess it's the end of the, i'm guessing because that's the end of the phase maybe i don't know yeah, I don't remember if they don't do that at the end of phases, but you know, uh Ross, you know, gets rescued by um uh God, what's her name? Because he's off to prison. Okoye, yeah. And uh and then that like that's you know, I feel felt anticlimactic, but um I kind of thought they would pick it up at the end of credits, but yeah. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> Now let's dive into the one thing we recommend or we watched or you want to talk about. Really, this is a free form 
that um, I do at, during the show. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Now, I don't know if you want to talk about it, Brad, but I went and saw Tar today. And and you uh, knew I saw it too, huh? I did, because when I went to Letterboxd and I rated it, I saw that you were on there. Um, cool. Yeah, let's talk about it together. Sweet. Uh, I really like this movie. Really? Um, yeah. For a movie where it's two hours and 45 minutes of people just talking. Oh, I know. Holy shit. <laughs> like... Um, I was like engaged the whole time. Um, and I think, you know, because I'm a Kate Blanchett fan, but man, when you're in an almost three hour long movie and you're in every scene and you're killing it, I mean, that to me, it's pretty impressive watching her on screen. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a role. I'm sure most actors covet, you know? <laughs> yeah. And like it's, 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 it has to like tons of, material to chew on yeah because there's you know what's interesting so uh tar is about this world famous conductor named lydia tar who uh is in the berlin orchestra and she's putting together her final symphony of uh names escapes me (laughs) and um so she's recording it and she's also highly coveted she's working on her memoir and uh yeah, she's just world famous as a conductor and as a woman. So the film opens with the credits, which is really unusual now. Um, it felt like they were playing the credits backwards in the opening part. Yeah, I thought that too. I said, man, did they show me the end of the movie? Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but then, I mean, there's a little thing at the beginning about someone who's filming her and basically saying that she's like a bitch. And uh, then it cuts to her in this interview with a New Yorker, and she's so clever and so smart, and you, you're starting to like her a lot. And then she goes to Juilliard, and she kind of lectures them and tells this one conductor that you can't hold what people did a long time ago. You should still just embrace the music. And he walks out on her, and um, it's it's just really a fascinating character study of yeah. someone sorry go ahead. Oh, go ahead uh i was just saying is someone you really really enjoy at the beginning and then as the film goes on you see how toxic and manipulative and um just not a good person that she is yeah it just shows like how like how much success can erode your just ability to be a decent human being um, mm-hmm. and be like become a gatekeeper and like protect that success um because yeah like that scene in the opening where she's talking about like hey, hey you can't fault people for well what they did as long as they as long as they create great things because of like from doing it you know um yeah and so yeah you know throughout the whole movie you find out that she uh the, like how she's conducted herself it like completely eroded someone else's life and drove them to suicide yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and that she ha- and her response to that is, well, um, this will affect my career, so we need to make sure that we wipe her off of everything we've done. Yeah, we got to protect um, me. And... Yeah, it it's just a really fascinating character study. <laughs> it, While she's also like pursuing cheating on her her 
her uh, wife and uh, and like how that mistake just completely unravels her fortress that she's built to protect herself. Yeah. And, you know, there's a little thing throughout the film. I mean, I shouldn't spoil it because we're not doing like a total review of it. But, you know, there's a part where she trips and hits her face. But she tells everybody she was attacked to gain sympathy. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really interesting. You know, I, I don't think I've ever seen a film like this before. Um, interesting, interesting is earlier this year, like February, I went to the Shia Artiste and watched a, watched a documentary called The Conductor about mm-hmm. like a famous female conductor. I'm sorry, I, I should probably should just have the name ready to go because that's <laughs> probably really disrespectful. But I, you know, I sat here going like, did uh and i forget the director of this movie todd fields todd fields did he watch that documentary and be like what if this lady was like a toxic manipulative bitch (laughs) just like i didn't get that from the documentary but okay um so i had that in my mind the whole time of like is this a reaction to that (laughs) or just like you know hey i have this cool idea of you know the flip side of this you know successful woman um yeah because she like conducts in a bunch of european orchestras and she was like the first and yeah it's crazy yeah and i mean she's so good in the film too when she's when they're practicing and she's talking she goes from french to german to english and and they don't subtitle it yeah they don't subtitle it in like the same minute and remember she's australian so she (laughs) she has to remember her american accent while she's doing this I, I think it's fucking incredible watching her on screen. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, like, you know, I, I don't put a lot of respect for the Oscars, but I mean, if this is one of the best performances I've seen this year. So, oh, hands down. Honestly, I think this one and Mia Goth and Pearl are my favorite performances of the year. Yeah. We should really get back uh, into doing the, the real nerds, uh, nerdies. Yeah, we should. We'll do it this year. Yeah. Um, but of those two, I, I don't know. <laughs> That's a tough call. I mean, honestly, I, I know I got Pearl today. I'm going to watch it, I think, tonight. But that nine minute monologue that Mia Goth does is fucking incredible. Um, I know. I, there's that nine minute monologue, which is impressive. But then you got mm-hmm. Kate Blanchett doing like a two and a half hour movie, like entirely of amazing things. So they're just like, oh, I know. I guess I'd have to decide on She's that one. Just, no, no, she's just. That's why I fucking love Kate Blanchett, because she'll do movies like that, but she'll also do fun movies too. Um, you know, she's just a really great actress. <laughs> so yeah, that's the, that's what I want to talk about, Brad. What do, what did you want to talk about? Yeah, obviously, I didn't get to see a lot of movies this week because of the uh, Four Points Project. But uh, I keep forgetting to ask you: Have you been watching the the super fan episodes of The Office on Peacock? No. Probably not because you're not subscribed, right? No, I, I have Comcast. I just think Peacock is the worst fucking streaming app, so I never use it. Uh, well, if if you do have subscription to Peacock, um, or uh, so on Comcast, just in general, like the the television box channel, you can watch the premium stuff that Peacock offers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, I I watch MacGruber. I just think it's clunky, and it just it just hard for me to watch because yeah the menu is clunky like hulu and whatnot but um 
This and it's really just a first world problem because I <laughs> whine about how long it takes to load and stuff. And and comparatively, it's really not that long, you know. But it's just me being a baby. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's it's like the easiest thing, regardless. But um. So there's uh on Peacock there's five seasons of The Office, The American Office, but they've been re-edited with alternate takes and extended scenes. Um. Mm but aren't like longer. So you're not seeing the original episode. Like you're seeing parts of the original episode, but they like, it's, it's just like a re-edit. Um, and so there's all these great, like, Hey, we could have, we could have used this joke instead of this joke. And so you're seeing the alternate takes oh, and okay. like, and the, like the longer drawn out awkwardness of things. Um, and it's fascinating to watch. I've watched all five seasons now and it's just like, you know, I've, I listened to the the Office Ladies podcast and they talk about stuff that, you know, was in the script but didn't make it. But there's a lot of stuff that are in these episodes that they they, they never talked about in the podcast. So, um, yeah, it's just fascinating to watch. It's like getting to watch the series brand new again because uh, huh. a lot of it is, you know, the story is the same, like everything mm-hmm. plays out, but just the the different takes and different improvs of some of these things. Uh, is just incredible. Yeah, see, now like, you're going to make me fucking get on Peacock. <laughs> well, you get it for free anyway, so just, you know. That is true. Well, you might as well use it because, you know, Comcast is super fucking expensive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird that there's only the five seasons. They didn't do, you know, the other four, but maybe they, they're just holding that back so they can sell it later. It's like, you know, hey, we need to increase shareholder revenue, so here's the other four <laughs> seasons. Get their shareholder points up i don't know 2024 or something but yeah (laughs) yeah it's it's cool yeah you you almost don't notice they're sacrificing shots from the original cut uh you know it's just you're just watching like an alternate take of all this different stuff it's it's cool oh that's sweet now i'm gonna freaking watch it i have to stay up kind of late today because i have to work an overnight tomorrow so I kind of have to prepare myself and maybe I'll do that. Yeah. I'm trying to remember like a specific scene or something um, that I watched today, but I can't because my brain's still wrecked from the weekend, but <laughs> understandable. Yeah. But yeah, it's cool. I recommend it. Uh, you know, I, I kind of thought it'd be just like a, Hey, we, you know, we threw a couple different shots in there. Sure. So it's different, but it's full or on. Maybe some extended scenes or something. Or yeah. Like yeah, a single bonus scene, but it's yeah. full on like, I'd say like 60 to 70% of this show is a different edit. Wow. Yeah. Do they add back in Michael hanging himself? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's season six or seven. Koi Pond. Yeah. Season six. So I, I hope when they release that again, they do put that back in. Cause that's my favorite. Also too, like I never really ended. Cause I watched, I originally watched the series on Netflix. Right. Mm-hmm. And what's on the DVDs is a lot like Netflix, especially cause like season four, because the writer's strike they did like hour-long episodes yeah but uh the this re-edit breaks them back into 30 minute shows so i'm expecting to like see the second half of like one season four episode and it just you know stops and like reloads <laughs> you know they'll play the credits i'm like wait this doesn't end here oh yeah it, it does if it's a 30 minute but yeah i'm trained to expect a, a full hour on those shows so yeah 
Yeah. Oh yeah. I know we got to get back to doing uh, trivia and stuff now that I'm seeing they're starting to pop up again. Yeah, there's like an MCU quiz coming up. I saw. I don't know if it's Denver, but hopefully it is. I'm down for sure. Actually, I mean, uh, we're bringing trivia to the bug. Are you? Uh, it's it's not geeks who drink, but it's 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 quiz stuff. So I'll still fucking do it as long as I'm not working. I'm fucking down. Every last Wednesday of the month, that's where we'll be. Oh, nice. What time does it start at? Seven. Well, in three months, <laughs> I'll be able to do it. Cool. Hopefully uh, it survives that long. <laughs> yeah, because we're uh, uh, getting our new guy and he has to go through training. And once he gets done with training, then I can actually switch to an actual supervisor shift. So, Cool. But yeah, there's regular trivia every other day of the week elsewhere. So you can always do that too. Yeah. Figure it out. So what do we well, see next week? Um, I was thinking the menu. <laughs> That's really the only one out. No, I, um, I want to see it. I was bummed because I had a chance to see it last week, but um, I couldn't. Like, it just fell on the wrong day. But there's like a, a previous greeting. I could have sat in like the corner of the first row to see that, or I mean, the Mickey Mouse documentary is coming out. <laughs> I'm not aware of that one, but uh yeah it's on disney plus um but yeah mm. the menu yeah i'm gonna see the menu so let's see the menu yeah that's what i was thinking too it looks good it got really good i think on blu-ray.com they gave it 10 out of 10 so i'm interested <laughs> <laughs> my, my interest well, is peaked so yeah well brad get some sleep recover and we'll see you at the movies bye Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6Nerds5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bolognium for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it.